I had to give him a grade for me, now, granted, we talked earlier, I was the youngest. <laughs> so, like I said, I had extra perks. So, if I had to give him a grade, it would be a B. Mr. Roy Moon contacted us right before his brother Ralph Moon's episode was released to shine a light on their father's contributions to West End history. Hear his story in this installment of the West End Stories Project. I'm Key, manager of the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library's West End branch. Thanks for listening. What was it like being the youngest? Well, being the youngest, uh, there were some perks, and of course, there were some uh, drawbacks. It was a, it, it, and the perks were that, you know, the house had a little more money now. So I was able to have some things as a kid that my brother and sister didn't have, you know. Uh, <laughs> By the time, you know, I was, you know, seven or eight years old was when my father had really started to become uh, the businessman that he is. His family lived on Dayton Street near a well-known Cincinnati family. That particular part of Dayton Street was a thriving black area. Two blocks up from us also lived uh, the Mallorys, state representative, and then Mark Mallory was the mayor of Cincinnati. And that area, I think, where people had a a innate concept of how black African-American people, how to thrive. I'm trying to put this into words, but it was a community where people weren't lazy. People thought, we can do better. Our kids can do better. And everybody on that, in that, those two or three block radius on Dayton Street, everybody had that same mentality. Before his father... Ralph Moon Sr. made moves. He worked in the construction field. Okay. In the beginning, uh, you know, he worked as a, a cement mason. He had a really good relationship with a couple of these uh, big companies now uh, that are still, you know, they're still in business. He was a subcontractor for Messer Construction, believe it or not. Uh, but if they had a smaller job or they had, you know, if it was something that they had to do maybe before they came in or, you know, whatever, you know, they would give him a call. He would get his guys together and they would, you know, do a few things. And and then he had the idea to have a private security business. And Well, not, let me back up. First, it was just a funeral escort business that turned into a private security business. 
At some point before the 1960s, his father was appointed a special constable of Hamilton County, allowing him to be a patrolman. I can't really tell you the actual beginning, but uh, he was able to find a way to have what was called then, and it may still be called now, uh, peace officers. And these guys had to go through peace officer training. And they would, and they were allowed to carry firearms. So, with this designation, his father started a vehicle escort service that received a lot of business from funeral directors. You would start at the funeral home, and they would put the flags on the cars, and then you know what happens is you would go from uh, whatever funeral home at the time or whatever church. They had if churches were you know you know a lot of t- nowadays things happen at the funeral home but back then mostly everything happened at the church and of course you went from there to Vine Street Cemetery wherever the church was Spring Grove Cemetery uh, you know you would lead the procession and you would you would you know you would drive into the intersection and you would stop traffic. And you stop traffic so that, you know, the rest of the procession can go by. And you just took two guys. And it was, a, it was a really graceful thing if you did it right. You know, the lead guy would, you know, pull in the intersection and, and stop the traffic. And then as the procession went through, there was a guy that was behind. And as as they went behind, he would actually speed up faster and he would take the next intersection. It was a graceful thing, and it was, you know, and you got these black guys on these big uh, Harley-Davidson motorcycles, and, you know, they're just, uh, you know, doing their thing. You know, they enjoyed it, and I think the people enjoyed it. Back in his heyday during that time, he was a motorcycle kind of guy. He had motorcycles. You know, as a kid, I used to play on it, you know. You know, it would be, you know... In the in the back of the house, there I'd be laying on the you know playing like I'm riding and you know, <laughs> but I never thought of it. I never thought of it as his, you know, uh, I, I I never really thought of of it as a a you know the business part of it. You know, I just knew that that's what he did, and I don't know if that was the motivation, but. There were two, uh, the two guys he started with. These two guys had worked with him in the uh, bricklaying business. You know, they were bricklaying buddies, and, you know, and it could very well be that they concocted the idea uh, over two or three quarts of uh, Hudipole beer, because that's what they drank. <laughs> A lot of people at that time were just, you know, they had the jobs, and they were, you know, people worked at, you know, the Ford Company or the GM, and, you know, people had jobs. But uh, he really had a, a knack for for working his own businesses. You know what I mean? When Roy got old enough to drive, he worked for his father as a courier. It was really a growing experience for me because I got to drive all over the city, I got to meet all of these uh, uh, people 
uh, you know, these funeral directors and and um, people, you know, running businesses. I think all of the funeral directors that he worked with were African American. Uh, there was Pearson People's Funeral Home, Jameson Funeral Home, uh, Thompson, and a lot of these places did merge, and now I think it's Thompson Hall, Jordan, now that a lot of these guys had their own business, uh, Renfro Funeral Home. Uh, you know, I would, and I never really thought of it, like, like I see until I got older, that I met these people, and, and as I got older and realized some of the contributions that they had made to the community, you know, uh, being black, you know, uh, you know, undertakers, funeral directors, you know, it was, it was pretty, uh, exciting for me to, 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 to do that, you know. Eventually, it seems as if his father's escort service was thwarted, so Ralph Moon Sr. switched gears. The escort business, it, it started to become a little, uh, a little less important than the security business. And then also, there were a couple of white companies that came in, and they had the same idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were just moving in, you know, trying to do, you know, do the same thing. Uh, and, you know, so that became less important to him, I believe. And and he focused more on his uh, security business. Oh, shoot. Man, oh, man. Uh, there was a governor, uh, the governor of Ohio. And he was coming to do a speech at UC. And somehow my father had gotten the word that he would escort his procession. Okay? Mm-hmm. And what happened was during, you know, uh, as, as the governor's in town and he comes into town and, and my dad and a couple of guys with the cars and the lights, and they do their thing, and, and they escort him uh, over to UC's campus. And uh, this was really one of my first, you know, glances at uh, the difference between white and black. And so as he does that, okay, uh, he's interrupted by the uh, Cincinnati police. So they were questioning why he was doing that. And as it turns out, basically, the city had no idea that he was going to do this. And that was the first contentious point with him and the city of Cincinnati police. And after that, things became pretty contentious with him. They would, uh, I know they would put tickets on his cars if they're in the wrong place. And it became a pretty, uh, tip, tat situation with them. I don't think they really enjoyed having this black man uh, with a business with other black men who carried firearms. So uh, he had some contracts with, uh, I think it was Fuller Ford downtown. 
that car dealership, and it was a car dealership out in Carthage, and um, worked some details at Kroger stores, had security at the Arms Hotel, and it was a big booming thing before it got, you know, as raggedy as it is now. His father's business even provided security when a high-profile musician visited the Queen City. There was a place where, you know, black folks would get together, and I can't think of it. Castle Farms, that was the name of the place. And, it, you know, it was here in it was a big club, black folks got together. And I sent you a photo where he's taking this photo with his security, and they're doing security for B.B. King because he was the headliner at that place, and he did security for that particular event. The business was, you know, it was legitimate. There had been no African-American men or women at that time who had the authority to carry weapons and carry out a business that was similar to the Cincinnati Police Department, which at that time was probably 95% white, if not 100, in the 60s. Gotcha. So what was um, Ralph Moon Sr. like as a dad? As a dad. Ralph Moon Sr. as a dad. Well, you know what? If I had to give him a grade for me, now, granted, we talked earlier, I was the youngest. <laughs> so, like I said, I had extra perks. So, if I had to give him a grade, it would be a B. Okay. Now, the reason I gave him a B and not an A is because he was not a stay-home dad, and he was always working, and he was always you know, he was always hustling, you know, doing his thing. But the time that we did spend together was really good. And as a kid, as a child, and, as, and even as a young adult, I can never remember anything that he told me that was wrong. Everything, everything, how can I put it? Every bit of advice that he gave me turned out to be just right. And as he got older, and, and I got older, we spent more time together. <clears throat> Excuse me, and we spent, you know, we would just talk, and that was pretty good. I, I really enjoyed that. So you get a B. But, and, and, you know, I'll bump it up to a B+. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this installment of the West End Stories Project. The West End Stories Project is brought to you by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library and is co-produced by your host, Key, and our grants librarian, Kent Mulcahy. If you like what you've heard, listen and subscribe to the West End Stories Project wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and help us get discovered by leaving a review. Thank you.
this was something new to me, but I, I, I'm really having a good time talking to you about it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs>